Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. It is Super Bowl week, Andy. You can feel the electricity in the air. The finish line for the NFL season, really, kind of how it feels this year to a degree. Uh, and we're gifted with probably the best possible matchup we could have asked for uh, in terms of entertainment value. Uh, how you feeling? I'm I'm getting there. Like it's it's always weird, you know. You have the the week off, and it just it's you have that vac that football vacuum because the Pro Bowl sucks, mm-hmm. it's unwatchable, and you've lost college football, you know, weeks and weeks ago. There is, you know, we are in the Australian Open. That's been a nice. Uh, Nice distraction, but you know that shit's in the middle of the night. Whale, I don't have to tell it you. It is. I, and I <laughs> try. Sure I try to. I try to just say it because I've. I'm. I should actually post some of my bets. I haven't done too bad, but uh, I, it's been. It's been a nice Aussie Open. I've. I've had a nice, few nice. It's wins. been a great one. Yeah. I, it I try has to just. Great. I try to just sleep through a lot of the. A lot of the matches because I have kids and a life, <laughs> and I'll watch some of the morning ones. But you I sleep when you're find, dead. I know. I still find myself like all of a sudden it, wake up and like I look at the clock. It's like two thirty-five. Yeah, we could check. I mean, I could check the match quick. Just, <laughs> just see what's going on. I'll then, tell you what helps. All of a sudden, it's like, six a.m. Yeah. I've been I've been doing a lot of listening to it on on uh, Aussie Open Radio. Yeah. Um, because then, like, you're not like it. Yeah, it doesn't string you out as much because you're not staring at like a live light screen in the middle of the night, you know. Um, but uh, it's been a great Aussie Open, and I'm, but I'm ready for this. I'm ready for the uh, for this matchup. I'm excited about it. I don't think that there's you know strong edge either way. But this is the biggest game of the season. So you ready to double your account? <laughs> we did double make the joke. We did make the joke earlier that. Uh, I, I ran all my stuff and I figured out I'd wagered, what was it, 99.75 units on the NFL this year on straight sides, totals, parlays, and teasers. Just so my you're put a quarter stuff. on the side but here, do, quarter uh, on the coin toss. <laughs> I do got to put a, well, gosh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have quite a bit on props. Like there's always, pro- and just to be quite clear, because I did tease this a little in tweets, we're not going to talk much about props today because we've got a prop guest. We got a lot of prop. We're gonna break down some props live on the air. I've got some already in the holster, ready to talk about some ones to skip. It's gonna be a good prop, prop palooza. Okay. Quite a trip. We'll do that later in the week. But today, yeah, today we'll we'll break down the handicap. Even if we're not gonna be firing big on the side in total, we can definitely break down a bunch about this game because you said like it is. It's a solid matchup. Both these teams peaking. Yeah, I'd say. I think they are. Like they yeah. both played quite well. If you take out a couple of first quarters by a, a team that apparently doesn't even need to play first quarters, <laughs> the hell with them. They like to they like to give themselves a little bit of a challenge, make the yeah. game more interesting. Oh yeah, um, okay, okay, yeah, yeah no, hair good, kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point by you. We should kind of do a, a little house cleaning, a little house cleaning, a little uh, kind of set the stage <laughs> for people. So this is. This is our big. This is just the two of us on this podcast. No guests today. We're gonna we're gonna date deep deep dive into all aspects of this handicap. See if we can't suss out value on the side of total. I I know I know what I'm playing in this Super Bowl in terms of side and total already. Um, it's a pretty it's a pretty not interesting handicap, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna make our uh, our 
greatest attempt at kind of talking about matchups and try to find some differentiating factors and stake our, uh, you know, stake our flag here in a couple of different uh, aspects of the game itself. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to have uh, one of our good friends on on Wednesday to get into the fun stuff. Pick through the props, player props, game props, halftime props, anthem props, Gatorade props. You name it. We are going to hit it. It's going to be a ton of cross fun. Sport props. We'll, cross sport props. Yeah. We'll, and we'll put out like we've done a couple. We've done this for the listeners the last couple of years. It's a lot of fun. We'll give somebody a shout out. Whoever does the best. We'll put out a prop sheet that you can print and have your Super Bowl party and you know everybody can can be engaged in the game even if they aren't into the betting part of it we'll give you good uh, good numbers for over unders on the key players and some of the fun props that you want to have on on that kind of a sheet so look out for that on Wednesday as well and uh yeah but this is it this is the big this is the big one man this is the the big handicap of the game itself and you know to, to me it makes sense to do this now right let's do this now let's get this out of the way out of the way uh, and then uh, that way, like the ha- prop handicap can kind of lean on that because it'll, you know, we're going to use a lot of the same kind of matchup philosophy, thoughts and angles and game mm-hmm. state ideas. All of that will kind of weave into the props as well. So important to get all that out on the table first. So if it's early in the week, if you're just getting into the mood, if you are just starting to think about your Super Bowl handicap, we hope this is a useful podcast. And, uh, you know, I guess before getting into the game itself, before getting into the matchups in any meaningful way. Do you want to do a little bit of a market reset for me? Market reset. Yeah, it hasn't uh, it hasn't been crazy. I don't feel like our Super Bowl market's ever really crazy. Eagles uh, moved I mean, about they, two and a half points. Yeah, the, and, and to be fair, this total did did jump up a couple points. And I guess that's to be expected. I mean, we kind of said that right away. I wasn't so enamored with the over being a key number that I wanted it immediately. I mean, if you want to just go off like, should we just use Pinnacles fifty two as the opener? Yeah, that's. I mean, fair. it's it's sitting at it's juiced to the under, but it is at fifty four and a half. So we've we've bumped up a little there, and then there were some soft opens at the pick pickish, but for the most part, the opener was minus one, minus one and a half, and there she sits. It hasn't really moved much. There has the don't be fooled by these things you see on Twitter, Facebook, or I don't know what else uh, you use for that sort of stuff. Gambling Instagram. That's a thing now, but the you, you know what? Yeah. The gamgram. Gamgram. Gamig. But when you yep. see this, you see this stuff like, Oh, big bet in big bet in Las Vegas. Somebody put 400,000. Like those aren't, I guess I can't speak for all of them, but mostly from my understanding, like those are just people with money. Yeah, there's not a, there's no advantage players that are getting those aren't advantage players. No, no. Yeah, those yeah they're not advantage players. Those aren't going to move the line at all. I mean, obviously they haven't. They're coming. I mean, there may be. I guess there may be some advantage players if the advantage player is like a bookie and he's laying off action. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But I mean, <laughs> that's so possible. Those guys are getting their action off screen, betting it all over the place, multiple outs, and and to tell you the truth, if I had to guess, a lot of them are probably much more much more liquid in the prop markets than they are inside or total for this. Yeah, right. And they so. could be making those plays to disguise what they're actually in the prop yeah. market. So, oh, yeah. They, they so they could get away with that. Yeah, sure. they're just betting on the game to, to hopefully take uh, one and one on the side in total. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, how about the market going? For, I guess one, two questions for you about the market. Um, 
being that it's around, what's what are Chiefs market wide? About one one and a half. Yeah, I'd say one one with some juice, like one minus fifteen is consensus ish. Do you get the sense that Chiefs backers are willing to lay or even sell a point point and a half, and that San Francisco backers are just taking the money line? Like, is there a like a like a narrower gap than usual? Mm-hmm. Just because this is the Super Bowl, zero as 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 in any playoff game. Zero is especially meaningless because it's not fucking possible. <laughs> like this is, you know, there. I would guess that anyone walking away with that San Francisco is not taken. Yeah, Bud Seelig's not walking right? through that door and calling this tie. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it's the ultimate in dead numbers in zero, obviously in the playoffs. But yeah, if you are betting San Francisco, yeah, I are, is that what you want to do? You want to take the plus one and protect yourself against the push really don't think that's uh i'd have to math it out but really really think you just take 28 27 yeah, <laughs> yeah get yourself get yourself a few extra points if you take a push take a push it's a lot it, you know it is the super bowl it's the one game whatever you got but it's still if you're trying to play the long-term game i think it's plus one plus one and a half plus two plus two and a half 99 of the time those numbers i'm just taking money line if i'm taking the dog yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that especially plays in when with the high total, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the total fifty four. I mean, <laughs> we 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 joked about like uh, what are the odds that a game's going to actually land on three with the total like fifty five, and then we had Rams Chiefs last year. <laughs> <laughs> what was the final score of that game? Wasn't it like a hundred? It was a hundred and oh, something points. Oh yeah, it was like fifty four, fifty nine, fifty six, or something. It was, was, was fifty four, fifty one. That's right. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. That that game was. Bizarro world, fifty-four, fifty-one. Yep, there was a missed extra points. points, defensive scores. There was yeah, all kinds of crazy shit. For that to land on three was wild. Yeah, the lowest scoring quarter had twenty points scored in it. That's in that right. Game. That's <laughs> right. That was, that was a yes. bonker. That was a banana land game. But yes, that was. Uh, also with the high total, you're gonna have a little more variance in in margins of victories and ending scores. So I, like you said. I think if you are looking at a side here, sell points either way. Take the money line with the Niners. Or if you have a book, then, you know, we won't give them too much free pub, but there's a few that let you – and it's a Super Bowl, honestly. Start clicking on props or alternate spreads and stuff too. They – it seems like everybody will probably have something like that for this game. Yeah, for sure. Like a minus two and a half, minus three. Get yourself a nice plus number. If, if you're really all in on the Chiefs, are you scared of them winning by like one or two? Not no. no, I don't think so. I don't either. I think um, two and a half. I should see. Yeah, I was gonna say two. Yeah, right what now. what kind of price can you give me on two and a half right now? Boy, if I was like, into like a we we ought, like this is really this is probably a pretty. I mean, there's probably a pretty advantageous market here if you want to try to set up a Polish middle. <laughs> like, I'm not saying do this, and I'm, I won't be doing this. I think uh, I think I'm only going to be on one side of this game at least pregame. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, two and a half, it's gotta be plus money right now, right? Even money. Plus even nine. money. That makes me <laughs> yeah. Sad. That's not great. You know, and this actually, I remember this from last year. You, you um, know, they had lopsided pricing. Worse. They had lopsided pricing all over the place last year too. And it was like, and it was like, they, like what they were charging to go from Pat's minus, uh, you know, from go from Rams, uh, plus two and a half to Rams plus three, like the, what they were asking in terms of added big was just brutal like they, they were basically like don't do it yeah exactly yeah they they surcharged it way more than your average game if i remember correctly um but yeah no what uh, what were you gonna say 
Highway robbery. Yeah, and book bookmaker Chris is only giving you minus one hundred three on minus okay. two and a half, which I get reduce the juice, but. Boy, maybe maybe we should run the half point calculator. Look at the distribution on that. It yeah. might not. It may not. You know, as much as we just said about that in the last five minutes, maybe we should do some fucking research because it's it's not great. It's not really. Yeah, worth it. no, no, it's not. It and actually, this is reminding me from last year. They they and it's the Super Bowl. They're not going to open themselves up to really getting smashed that way. No way. Um, okay, it makes me sad. Yeah, same. The um, so. What do you think about the number between now and close? Do you think it just floats? Or do you think a side generates a little steam here either way? I mean, it is just sitting in these dead numbers like we were just talking about. I could see it moving to you know, two. I could see it moving back down to pick. But I don't I don't foresee – limits are up. I mean, what, what would people be waiting for? I guess maybe some information, injury information. Yeah. Tevin I mean, Coleman, Chris Jones, Coleman, just something. Is Coleman so important to the one game that you're no. you know, you're waiting to get down? Probably uh, not. Even even the tight end with the the IB band. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Kelsey. Kelsey. Um, yeah, I don't think any of those are like game changing. I'm not betting one side or the other. If I, if my handicap agrees, there's I mean, oh, these are no important. Tevin Coleman available. Oh uh, my gosh! No. Oh, man. Oh, what, what, man. what are we gonna do? And Chiefs still, minus one is just sitting out there still. My God. Oh, Breida, Breida versus Cheetah. We didn't even talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Chris, okay. So Chris, yeah, Chris we think. Chris is taking this... 50 grand right now on the side. I yeah, don't. So, I don't say. Yeah. And obviously you go to Vegas and you're not a known player and you have a box full of cash. They're taking, you know, $500,000 if you really want to play it. So yeah. I don't know what people would be waiting for. I don't think it breaches pick or three. Yeah, I don't either. So I don't see a no, Yeah, so yeah, so really no, no expected major movement from this point. We've got a mature market. Um, same with the total. Or do you think that we get some late money that comes in and push brings us back down a little bit? I was gonna say, if there's any late money, you think it'd be on the under. I would, yeah. But you know, I mean, just there, there's probably gonna be just wait for as much of the recreational over money to come in as humanly possible before exactly. buying back on the other, right? Like, yeah, if you're gonna buy back on the under, wait. Like people, you know, people saw the Chiefs offense, people saw the Niners put up some decent points last week. Like they saw that offense moving better than it had in weeks past, maybe. Honestly, they they could have scored more against the Vikings. Two pretty potent offenses. The public saw that. Wouldn't be surprised if this went up another half point, point to 55, mm. 55 and a half. And then, yeah, if, if it does get 55, you would think there'd be some heavy buyback. It's Did you like play the key number or anything? No. Did you play the over before it got steamed? A couple no. Points? Talked about no. it. Didn't. Yeah, same. Uh, still think it's the right side, the over. Um, I wouldn't advocate being the buyback on the under, personally. Uh, I think there's a lot of game states that lend this to be a long tail to the over, and we'll get into that. Um, what do you think of uh, just in I general? Think, like, yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> that's where that, that's where I'm going to be getting involved. Okay, well, we'll hold, hold off and get into that in a second. Let's talk a little bit about these matchups. So, Kansas City, obviously, and and you know, like kind of some of the the um, you know a lot a lot of this is you know blatant speculation. We haven't really seen these teams matched up before. We don't have a ton of examples of kind of like systems, like, you know, like, um, you know, uh, games that we can kind of point to and say, oh, this is a matchup just like this. Like, this is pretty uh, speculative 
matchup handicapping, in my opinion, and everybody's doing it. You know, narratives galore out there. Um, but uh, what is it about the Chiefs offense when they're on the field against the Niners defense that you think are kind of meaningful advantages for the Chiefs? Like if like, let's, let's, let's say I'll, I make you put on your Chiefs hat, you're backing the Chiefs in this game. What is it? Is it the offense for the Chiefs that you are counting on outscoring the offense for the Niners? Yeah, I mean, it is. I do have something to say about the defense. We can hold off on that. But, I mean, my, my half-assed narrative from last week was the, the mobile quarterback thing. And if you do go look and just, I mean, there's a few metrics, but one of the ones I checked was just the, the PFF scores for San Francisco on the defense. And they, a lot of their bad grow, you know, a lot of the bad grades they got were road games. But it was, I mean, if you just want to go regular season games, Cardinals, Seahawks, Tampa, Ravens. Those were their four f- worst games. All on the road, granted. This is a neutral site. But uh, who's your least mobile quarterback there? Jameis Winston? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's – I mean, there is something to be said for the way they run that, that defense with just the base package up front. If you can get pressure on a pocket-passing quarterback – it works out pretty well. Jared Goff looked just lost. And a lot of that was, you know, a lot of that was the matchup with the center guard combo that they had up front, which was super tough for the Rams that week. But if you can get pressure on a, I don't want to say a quarterback that doesn't move around because everybody will move around a little, but some of these quarterbacks who aren't moving around at all, they're not doing well. And even, even last week, Green Bay, uh, Green Bay is up there. It's uh, it's actually their second worst game if you grade their defense as a whole according to PFF. And Rodgers, he wasn't great in the first half with this, but even when he was making plays, a lot of it was when he was moving around. So that's kind of what I'm looking at here is Mahomes, Andy Reid, the scheme, the speed that they have down the field. If he can buy some time for receivers to get loose, they can score. They're just – this is going to be the, the toughest defense they play in the playoffs. But, oh, by a long shot. Yeah, by, by a long shot. And I don't want to take a ton away from t- Tennessee. Tennessee was really good at, for stretches, and they had some bad injuries down the, down the stretch. Like Dean Pease did a great job, and then he retired. But, yeah, it's a really tough matchup for the defense. But if he's going to scoot around like Russell did, like Kyler did, you know, like Jameis, like Lamar – and give them a hard time. Which, and if they want to bring extra guys, that might make it worse. I don't know if you want to be blitzing him. I should look at some blitz splits for that before we uh, get crazy with it. But I, I just think him getting loose with the, with the speed they have in that offense, it's going to be a bad combination. It's, it's kind of a strength on strength. That's the tough part. It's like what we talked about with the, <clears throat> excuse me, Minnesota, the Minnesota handicap when we talked about the, you know, we took, I think we both took Niners minus seven. And it was Minnesota looked great. Yeah. They got out in space, Dalvin Cook or everybody else, all the receivers. They looked good. The, you know, a lot of yards after catches, yards after contact, a lot of, you know, zone runs to the outside. But the the Saints had some pieces missing and they weren't terribly fast to begin with. And then they go to the Niners and they get Quan Alexander back. And you have that defense with all that defensive speed. And it was a whole different look for the Minnesota offense. Looked like they were stuck in mud. 
they were getting popped at the line of scrimmage. Like it is a fast, nasty defense. This is probably out of any of the matchups. That's going to be my favorite to just to watch. If I don't have any action on uh, on the side, it's just can can Andy Reid out scheme the fast San Francisco defense because that's going to be the that's going to be the trick. That's the straw that serves the drink. If they can uh, buy some time in the pocket and beat them deep, they're going to put up a bunch of points. Yeah, I would take exception to San Francisco yeah. being an especially fast defense. I think their front seven is exceptionally fast. Agreed. That's a good point. It's, it's, but defensive backs, some of the you know those guys can get beat, and I think there is a mismatch in general with the just num- with with two things. Like you have kind of a two pronged mismatch here with the the Chiefs um, wide receiving core. Number one, you got volume. Like you, you have I a like number that. of bodies. There's, yeah, there's too many of them. Yeah, there's a number of bodies you got to worry about. And number two, they're all fast as shit. Like, mm-hmm. those guys will beat you down the field regularly. And I think for sure, um, an aggressive game plan, you know, a downfield passing attack, like, you know, like it works. Like, they're like, w- I guess I go through this decision making. Like, will there be, will the wide receivers across the board in general, will they be able to create separation against the defensive backs for the Niners? And I would say yes. I think for sure their strength is their speed. Uh, and for sure, if the Niners have any weakness on defense, it is their coverage. Um, they lean on, you know, they, they're going to have to do a ton of bracketing uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. Like, there's no way you can go man on man with Hill. They're going to have to dedicate two people to him pretty regularly on any obvious downfield passing down, which should open things up for, you know, wide receivers. Uh, you know, two, three, and four who are on the field, you know? And you're right. Their defense is fast. Their linebacking core is quick. Like, they're very good at limiting any kind of screen game you have. And that is one of the things the Chiefs lean on pretty regularly. Like, the Chiefs rushing attack, if you even want to qualify it as one, is equal parts handing off the ball and running the screen game. Right, like that's pretty. Common. Yeah, extended handoffs, or whatever, you yeah. know, you can call it that, even if it's not technically a run on the stat sheet. Yeah, you, right. You that's... you hit a point that I completely missed, and I had written down here. So like that is the weak. If you had to pick a weakness of a very good defense, it's the secondary. And like you said, it's just like it's a volume play. They yeah. have more good receivers than you have good coverage guys. Yeah, someone good is going to be running a route against someone less good. And that's yep. So then how do you stop the Chiefs if you're the Niners? Like, what are you spending your time doing in the defensive war room this week? Right? Like, are you thinking like, okay. How much you like, can okay. get away with on passing? <laughs> <laughs> that's not crazy, actually. I kind of, uh, kind of agree with that. Get a little um, handsy. Yeah. Play the old uh, Ty Law, Bill Belichick routine from the mm-hmm. Peyton Manning days. Um, they can't throw a flag on every play, can they? Um, well, interesting thought. I guess I, I was going to say, you know, they, they, if you had to lean on a strength, if you're the Niners defense, you're probably thinking, okay, we're going to have to get home with the pass rush, right? I think the, the book is written on, you know, disrupting Mahomes in the passing attack. Um, either one, he is limited himself by injuries, which we know he's not, uh, or two, you contain him. In the pocket, you keep him, uh, you know, from breaking, and you force him to read through his progressions and make a throw into tight coverage. Well, we already already kind of blown the roof off tight coverage, especially 
deep down the field with some of these faster receivers. So as long as the likes of Robinson, Hardman, uh, Watkins, as long as those guys are catching the ball and not dropping it, I think uh, Chiefs are going to be able to hit home oh, runs. Yeah, game. can't have the drops. But no. if you're the Chiefs, the drops of the last two games have been just ugly because yeah. a lot have been drive killing. They were super yeah. nasty drops. They're catchable balls right in the breadbasket. It wasn't like thrown way behind them. Yep. And yeah, I I, I think about that uh, that the Patriots run of the other year. Where yeah. it was like, oh, get to Brady. And then Belichick just said, well, Brady's going to have the ball gone in under two seconds every you single. You have no hope, yeah. Which, I mean, you know, you're, you're not going to get the deep ball in that sort of time. But, man, just the, this, like you said, the screens, the slants, the tight end work. Like, they can absolutely dink and dunk you for eight, ten yards a pop. If, if you want to just let that, you know, let that pass rush bang its head against the wall and never get home. Mm. Like, I, I, I don't hate that look either. Okay. So, you know, they're, um, they're waiting for the deep ball, murder them underneath. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially if they're sending to, you know, safety help over everyone that you're running deep. Like you're going to have a lot of room in the 11 to 15 yard range. You should be able to. Yeah, if you've got a Greg Williams safety. Pass. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which you kind of might have to if you're the I, I would think um, about it if I'm, if I'm San Fran. Yeah, for sure. For Frisco. Sure, for sure. They love being um, that. Okay. So pass, pass rush for the Niners. Do we think they have a chance of getting home? Like, I guess if you had to kind of force to pl- make a play on the sacks total for the Niners, are we thinking like two and a half, three sacks is possible for this unit? Or do you think that between scheme and between Pat Mahomes' mobility and between uh, the Kansas City offensive line being a solid pass blocking unit, like, is this going to be a pretty clean day? Pat Mahomes going to have clean jersey? Quarterback uh, sacks or a quarterback stat? Remember that? Yeah, sure, sure. And he 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 still runs into sacks. Like, yeah, I don't sure. I don't think it's going to be a clean Jersey day. They're too good, you know. Like I said, if they you know if they can beat the beat the weakness in the secondary, get it out quick, or you know just let his mobility do its work, maybe you know limit to one or two sacks. But I don't see him having less than two sacks. Like two, 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 yeah. three sacks kind of feels two or three sacks for the Niners feels about right, just because they are that good. Right. Got, I mean, they've got a couple of world beaters up there, and they're they're going to get pressure. And if you want to try some deeper shots, some five, seven step drops, or if you have to go to your third, four, four, three, it's there's going to be a guy in your face. So yeah, yeah they're, they're going to get home. It's it's not it's you know it's limiting that. Limiting that in key situations, don't get sacked out of field goal range. Yeah. Don't you know, don't don't take a sack when you can throw it away. If he if he can uh you know limit the damage that those, that front four can do, that's gonna be super key. Do you have an opinion on uh, Pat Mahomes and why his rushing uh, attempts and yards were so um impressive the last two rounds? Was it literally that was a good mismatch that they decided that they were going to try to exploit and they did? Or was it like he, for whatever reason, didn't see the openings in the or he didn't have confidence was, in the receivers to catch it or whatever, and he just kind of went after day. it? Because honestly, like that, if there's any potential snag in the Chiefs' attack overall, number one, I don't expect them to get much of anything going on the ground, and that includes Pat Mahomes rushing. Like if he thinks that that's going to be an important part of his game in this game, I got bad news for you, like. You you know the fast linebacking core for this unit is going to be able to run you down, 
Um, so even though the mobile quarterbacks have done well against the Niners in general, I, I think this may be that they just were able to elude sacks long enough to get the coverage they, you know, the coverage openings they needed to take shots down the field. And that, and that's, uh, yeah, that's where I was going to go with some of the running. Like, I don't have the numbers on this, but if you had to guess, how many of the runs from Mahomes over the last two weeks were scripted plays and how many were just scrambles where he took yeah, off? Yeah, I would they guess. Did, they did call. They did call. Yeah, few- right. I would guess the, like, two-thirds, one-third. Like, two-thirds were just scrambles. nobody was open. Yep. The room was there. I'm gone. They're not expecting this. I get this first down easy. And then the third, I would have guessed were like, okay, we are going to do some misdirection and we're going to get our yards on the ground this way. And I still think they'll be able to do that. Maybe not with the amount of success just because of the linebacking core, but there's, there's ways to scheme a big chunk of the field empty. And Andy Reid's so good about that. There'll be a couple, there'll be a couple, like I would say I, I should look for a prop on this. He might be the leading rusher for the team again. Just, sure, he might have he might have two or three called called runs where he he scampers for seven eight yards, gets a nice little first down, and then you know he has a couple scrambles. Because if you do bring a linebacker, you bring an extra rusher, and you lose contain, and all of a sudden there's only six people in front of him. Like that's that's just asking for him to scamper for fifteen yards. Yeah, see, I don't love the idea of a scamper. I like, I, I think, in my opinion, if Pat Mahomes breaks the pocket and scrambles against you as the Niners, as opposed to taking a shot down the field, I think that's win for the Niners. It it is no, it is, but it's still not. It's like a lesser of two evils. It's still not good for him ripping off yards like that. No, for sure, he'll he'll get some. But your linebacking core is probably yeah. Your linebacking core, your ends, your your got your you have some athletes that I think are fast enough in your front seven that you can run them down uh, without giving up. You know, twenty five yard, twenty seven yards. I don't don't see. I don't. I don't see one of those where he's just bouncing off people who. It might as well not have arms at that point. Sure. That was sure, bad sure. tackling at the end of his run. Sure. Okay. So, yeah, no, I think, um, you know, pretty clearly key, key weakness for the Chiefs rushing attack. And I, again, I think anytime you see Mahomes scrambling as opposed to extending the play and throwing it deep, I think that's a, generally that's a win for the Niners. Um, I would look for uh, Pat Mahomes rushing yards under. Personally, I think that's probably an inflated number based on what we saw the last two weeks. Yeah. I would Give look for, I guess, you know, and we'll we'll hold our prop talk a little bit more for for uh, for Thursday. But uh, I do think that they're going to be able to hit some home runs in the air. And I think who was the leading yeah. rusher for the Chiefs this year? Uh, I would guess it was McCoy, but Ooh. McCoy and Williams were probably Ooh. both around 500 yards. Neither of them hit 500 yards. Oh, Jesus, really? Damian Williams had 111 attempts for 498 yards. Jesus, McCoy man. had 100 for 465, 101. Yeah. Mahomes was the third leading rusher ahead of a bunch of other, you know, other Williams, Thompson, Ware, Hill, Hardman all had a few a, a few rushes. But, yeah, that's it wasn't a banner year for rushing down in Kansas City. And, you know what, whatever. It's like we mm. talked about with – all these other teams that they play to your strengths, they're still they're twelve and four. They're in the Super Bowl. Does it really matter that they didn't have a five hundred yard rusher? Yeah. So we'll come back to rushing a little bit, and when we get to game state, 
and how that how that impacts the handicap. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm I think we did a good job. Kansas City offense pass the pass should be there. Plan A for them: pass the ball down the field. That should be there. They should find success through the air, given the potential for coverage lapses and being able to extend plays against this defense, uh, where you can match up with strength on strength. The um, San Francisco offense going to score. Jimmy G yeah. going to cut loose. Yeah, he might score. He might. What's plan throw. A? He, he might. I have plan A is run the ball. Really? I still think it is. I, I mean, pl- plan A is the same way the Niners won in what, like 19, what was uh, 88? Just, uh, just old school West Coast. Take take what they give you, run the ball effectively, short stuff, feed Kittle, and then if if you get a deep shot, you've got a couple decent receivers. I mean, what what would be your game plan if you're Shanny? I, I would have probably... I would have a hard time abandoning a run game that's worked pretty decent, especially when Jimmy G is kind of a disaster waiting to happen. He is. He's Jameis Winston. He just doesn't get the attempts. Like he and he and he's had better luck with people dropping interceptions. He throws so many interceptable passes. Like he's he's actually a liability in this game. I'm a little worried about him. He's had some nice games, but he has huge lapses. He looked pretty awful in the Vikings game for times. He had a much better game against the Packers because they didn't let him have a bad game. And honestly, what were you going to do? Attempts. Oh yeah, what were you going to do? Stop running? They were gouging yeah, right. them. Like the, the, we're going to run the same play until you can stop it, and they just never did. So see, I feel like the Chiefs are going to be able to scheme a way to stop that. I guess the one weakness so on just the Chiefs the Niners is, don't score is forty-eight nothing. No, no, I'm. I just, I just don't think your plan A can be. One-sided approach, run the ball down their throats and make no, them I just stop think us. I think short, short stuff. Let's go offense yeah, to a T. Okay, I yeah. I mean, I just I don't think you can. I, I guess I'm thinking back to. I'm trying to think of when Shaney went away from the run. This season, like which games and why, right? Can you can you name a couple off the top of your head? I felt Is like he went away from the run. Saints, Saints, absolutely. They were down two scores. Early, they had to. They had to go. They That's where, go. yeah. When we when we get into game state, yeah, they're definitely going to be. You know, you, you can't run the same game plan you ran against the Packers if you're down fourteen nothing all of a sudden. Right, and I don't think. I mean, I think you're. I honestly, I think because of the likelihood that Kansas City is going to get theirs over the course of this sixty minutes, you have to have an approach that gets you the yours. You you have to. Um, come in with a mindset of we're going to outscore this team on offense and whatever we get on defense is going to be gravy. Yeah. The Pan- like what- Panthers game too, but that was just, I mean, that was a bad matchup, bad opponent. Like what do you, like when you, like when you're the underdog, albeit slight, um, and when you have a full complement of receivers and you have um, kind of an innovative system, like I, I think, San Francisco ought to be aggressive out of the gate here. Like I'm thinking back to like Eagles Patriots Super Bowl, right? And the Eagles, like one of the big distinguishing characteristics that carried them through their playoff run 
was their defense was awesome at home against, you know, some teams that had some weaknesses on the offensive line and had some quarterbacks who were unproven. Right. And they get to the Super Bowl. They threw out a run heavy keep away approach. They threw that out the window before the game even started. They went mm-hmm. aggressive early and often and were like, we need to stay one score ahead of these guys. We need to take shots down the field regularly. Uh, and if I'm Shanahan and the 49ers, that's how I'm coming into this game. I feel like if we see them, you know, do what they did against the Packers, drive one, ran Coleman three times, didn't get the first down, like I'm immediately concerned about their ability to get, uh, you know, be com- competitive in the game. I really do think it's going to be much more difficult for them to get early stops against this Chiefs unit. And they're going to have to, they ought to, you know, really come out and be pretty aggressive. I think plan A for them should be, um, you know, t- misdirection runs, run running when convenient, but, uh, you know, pass, pass first and second downs, um, you know, early in this game. Yeah, I'm really torn on what the the more I think about this because you can you can look at this from two ways. You can make the whole, uh, you know, keep the ball away from Mahomes argument. Like, hey, let's uh, let's take it easy. Let's play, you know, time to possession. Let's not let that offense have the ball. Or you, you know, like you said, hey, this isn't the kind of game where we can futz around and you know try to slowly move down the field, not get first downs because we're running too much. Like we absolutely need to score points to keep up with this team. We saw what they did the last two games when they were behind. Like we, we'll, we'll be dead in the water for just a, a slow-moving running team. Sure. And 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 to your point, I mean, we saw what you know the 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 wall that Derrick Henry finally ran into. They were pretty effective against the run, and just like game state dictated, Titans had to move away from it. Yeah, I think I think they have, you know as much as I dog on Jimmy G he still has a decent arm and they have some good receivers, all world tight end. If Tevin Coleman plays, they've got a couple backs that can catch the ball. They can move the ball through the air. I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about them having to switch, switch gears, but in my mind, I have no idea what they're going to do. Because I I can see the, I can see the game plan of let's stick with what works and let's keep the ball away from Mahomes. Cause not only, not only are we a good running team, we can run and score. It's not just, you know, run, 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 punt at the 50. We sure. Took, we took six minutes. Like They were effectively getting all the way down and scoring using uh, like almost exclusively runs at some points. I wouldn't want to get all the way away from it, but, I mean, you're right. You do need to pick up the dynamic, maybe a little bit of a dynamic passing game to put up the, put up the score. You, yeah. You, you have to score. Like, you have to score a bunch of points. The total is 52. I, I don't know if they ever look at that. I wonder if coaches do look and be like, you know, the total is pretty high in this one. I don't think we can win a 20 to 13 game. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds like we kind of agree here. And yeah, you do have dynamic weapons in the passing game. Kittle's amazing. Sanders, by the way, we were recounting on one of our previous podcasts, like some players with Super Bowl experience. Forgot to mention Emmanuel Sanders, Super Bowl champion. Um, also, who else? Richard Sherman, Super Bowl champion. I think most of the players with Super Bowl experience are on the Niners in this game. Not that that matters a ton, because there's lots of people, players who are taking meaningful snaps who aren't experienced. Um, the Jimmy G... And how he will be utilized in this, what he will be asked to do, 
and how successful he is in doing that, how mistake free he can play. I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the side and, you know, the winner, the champion, um, you know, kind of trickles out from that, those questions. Um, I feel like the, 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 uh, offensive output for the chiefs is a lot narrower in terms of possible outcomes. Uh, I feel like the offensive output for the Niners is pretty broad. You could see them absolutely kick ass, go score for score, and be you know a dynamic scoring machine in this game. Or they could go with the run-focused approach that doesn't succeed early. They can get behind. They can put a lot on Jimmy G to try to come back. He can make mistakes. And they might end up with a pretty, uh, pretty sad total in terms of point output. Do you think that my read on this is reasonable, that you have kind of one side that's relatively narrow band and one side that's kind of wide. Yeah, I do think that like, if you want to go, you know, team a blows team B out team B blows team a out or close game either way, I guess the, the least likely scenario I see is the a 49ers blowout. Yeah. Which yeah. God, maybe like, I feel like we do this a lot, but, Man, are we just overthinking everything? Should we just have a should we just have a Chiefs team total over? Yeah, that's <laughs> not crazy. What is it 28? I mean, the implied score is like 28, 7, 28, right? Basically. Yeah. 26 and a half to 28, something like that. I'm sure they'll get us for a little, like a 28 and a half, but I kind of uh, yeah. think it is 20. You can bet the 28. I think you can take it up to 28. 28 minus 110 at dimes right now. Yeah. See, that's. That. Yeah, and then the the only other thing, and it's we've funny, seen we, how many how many games have we seen Mahomes score twenty eight in one quarter? <laughs> a couple, yeah. And um, it's funny. I was reading an article today, and I wanted to reference it on the podcast. Another PFF one, which PFF heavy this week. But it's oh, funny. Yeah. I, I went to check because oh. I was like, to say who wrote it, especially if it's that Moo guy, because that's not his real name. Timo Risky, that's that guy's name. But anyway, the the article I read was actually written by Eric, Dr. Eric, that we had on nice. the podcast last week, and he wrote about what made the what made the defense, you know, turn around in Kansas City. Why they've played much much better as a unit. They're still not a great defense, but they've come a long way from you know just bottom of the barrel at times last year, and even at the beginning of this year. They you got to remember they did have a new defensive coordinator. They had a lot of different pieces. They traded uh, what's his face away. They got another. They kind of swapped around with the defensive linemen. The big, a big question mark early on was the secondary, and Spagnola. I mean, I'm not going to bore you with the article, and also I, I think it's under the premium, so you should subscribe and probably pay for it and read it anyway. But I mean, he moved a lot of guys around. Said so you know, just like the round peg square hole shit. You can't just say that. Well, this is where they've always played. Well, that isn't working. He moved a bunch of people around, took some guys out, and just Im- improved it with what he had. And and they've come a long ways. And they've graded out a lot higher as the years gone, as the, you know the season's gone through. And I mean, that's maybe part of the reason they're at where they're at right now because we've mm-hmm. seen we've seen it last year. Like it doesn't matter if if Mahomes is going to do what he does if they're going to let the other team score just as many points. It's not going to work out in the end. And that secondary has been yeah. quite a bit better. Especially because you tend to score quickly. <laughs> and you tend to give your opponent multiple opportunities against your defense. Um, which isn't a bad thing, I don't think. I think that uh, yeah, I think that 
there's a lot made out of uh, kind of, I don't know that I, it's a top controversial topic, I guess. Um, well, and okay. it's a so, bit, con- it gets a little bit into the controversy too, about what's more important. And there's some interesting stuff in there about, you know, what, what is more important a pass rush that gets home or a good secondary unit. And throughout the year, several things I've read and just several things I've seen, it makes me think a strong secondary is more important than a really good pass rush. So who do we have? I think New England, New England is a good uh, example of that. The New England's defense is not the reason they're out of the playoffs. I mean, but a healthy, but a healthy chiefs team scored buckets on that Patriots defense. I I know twice, twice some teams. Yeah. Oh, I I mean this year. So this year, Patriots defense, Great, all world secondary. Sure. Pass rush. The pass rush was for the most part some no names. I mean, yeah, it was. It was a really big. It was a cycle. I mean, they were just cycling guys through there, and that defense was great. You don't need to get a ton of pressure if you can cover everybody. You're going to get pressure with anybody if you have great cover corners and a good cover scheme. And I think that's what they kind of figured out. That's what Spagnuolo figured out down there. They they got Matthew and. Uh, I mean, some of these guys, Breland, Breland and Matthew, Breland, Breland was, and Matthew deserve praise. They yes. deserve accolades. They've played fantastic Breland, football Breland this year. Breland, Breland's all great. All over the place. Yeah. What do you, I guess, do you lock down? Who do you lock down? Sanders, probably. Sanders is kind of the, the of the wide receivers. He is the most, um, I think, the, the highest success rate for Jimmy G when he's, when he's targeting Sanders. So I guess I would go after Sanders first. Yeah. And then force Jimmy G to make completions to his second and third reads, which is Jimmy G's weakness. Like in my opinion, Jimmy G as a quarterback is a perf is a perfect perf. You know, he is going to be his best in a Kyle Shanahan system. Kyle Shanahan does a brilliant job of creating one a, a first read that is schemed open. Okay, and you give Jimmy G that degree of take the decision-making out of his hands and just say, Hey buddy, this is your guy. He's going to be open. Time it, get it to that spot on the field. He'll be open. Right. And if that first read is successful, then everything works out smoothly for the Niners. If it isn't, and he starts to go through his progressions and he's trying to, you know, make something magical happen to his second, third, fourth reads, that's when things go sideways for them. And he's capable, you know, capable of creating backbreaking turnovers uh, and or just inefficient passing, you know, ball landing. You know, like I'm thinking of like overtime versus the Seahawks. You remember that game? Like Jimmy hey. G was so ineffective in that overtime period. And a lot of it was because the Niners, I mean, the Seahawks, I think to a degree picked up some of the um, some of the play calling tendencies and they had good coverage on on read A. And so it came, you know, came down to him trying to make plays to B, C and D and it didn't work out. And so, so I guess the question is, if I'm the Chiefs defense, I need to absolutely take away whatever the first read is. I'm probably looking to use Breland to, to smother Sanders. Uh, and I think uh, I'm letting Matthew be a little bit of a wild card here. Just have him help, help let him help stop the run. Uh, let him help, uh, you know, play a little freelance and on those type those plays where uh, you know, you do a good job of covering up the first option. Let uh, let Matthew ball hawk a bit like that, that. I think that sets itself up well for uh, the Chiefs defense to do okay pass pass defense wise. But I don't think it's going to be enough. Ultimately, I, I ultimately I don't think they're going to be able to effectively shut down the Niners' offense because I love Shanahan's scheme. It is brilliant. 
he's got a he's got a very 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 good um you know uh different you know dynamic and differential rushing attack the blocking schemes are brilliant when they deploy the running game is usually on point and uh and the way that they can you know hurt you with the likes of Debo Samuel Samuel and Bourne especially in the red zone I think matters and uh you know and yeah Kittle's a horrific mismatch horrific what I have no clue how you stop George Kittle from having uh you know 12 catches and 120 yards in this game how do you stop him I I mean you hurt him (laughs) to injure him again I don't know yeah that's that's gonna be tough and it's like with everything you know Oh, Belichickian! You get Belichickian. You try to take away their biggest weapon. I think maybe you just got to pick one. Like, are they going to beat us with Sanders? They're going to beat us with Kittle. Let them have one. Take away the other one completely. Try to be successful on third downs and get out of there. Both these defenses have their hands full. Yeah, especially if if Coleman's heavy, like healthy. Coleman's healthy which we'll see just how effective he would be anyway. But they, I mean, they have three decent running backs. So you can cycle in and out, keep them fresh with a good blocking scheme. I think the blocking scheme deserves uh, a lot more credit than it got. Like Mostert, probably Mostert unders. If Coleman's even thinking about sniffing the field, that Coleman total's too high. San Francisco has been able to put up a pretty impressive offensive output in every high leverage game we've seen this season, short of the Ravens game, which was all fucked up because of the weather. Yeah. It was still a good game, though. It was. Like, I, it was. I enjoyed that game. Um, it was a great game. Um, but, you know, and that one would have gone over, except that uh, everybody was cold, wet, and tired in the second half. Anyway, um, we're not expecting any weather to be an issue in this game, right? It's looking nice in Miami this weekend, although we are almost a week out. Okay. Um, so, do you, do we, I guess, do we come out of this game? In, I guess, yeah, this is too tough. This is literally throwing darts then. Jimmy G's performance. What, what, like he could give us anything from an A to an F here. Are you inclined to lean any specific way given any evidence that you have and your handicapping of this matchup? One, 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 you kind of cut out there. One more time. Do you think Jimmy? Do you have any evidence to give you any suggestion whether Jimmy G is going to give us closer to an A performance or an F performance in this game? How would you rate this? How would you rate this defense compared to the last two, the two NFC North defenses? I, I mean, probably about. It's probably about the same. I would say that Shanahan had an easier time crafting a way to score points against the Vikings and the Packers than he is against the Chiefs. I think this is a step up. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to just go above all, like take out the, the, the defense, defensive coordinator, just go all the way up the ladder, much better head coach. Like, and they've had two weeks, two weeks to prep for, you know, what they're going to throw at them. I think it'll be tougher. Yeah. I, I lean, I haven't bet anything except a live for a free bet I made like four months ago. But uh, I really do lean Chiefs here. Yeah, I yeah. think, like you said, the if you want to just look, if this game was played a thousand times, there's a lot of games where the Niners struggle on offense, and there's just not so many that the Chiefs do. Yeah, yeah, 
Like their <laughs> offense is just built when their offense is clicking, and Mahomes was obviously feeling healthy. He looks he looks spry. If he's completely healthy, and you give Andy Reid two weeks to prepare, we've never got to see, uh, only once. We did get to see it once, but you, you get Andy Reid off a bye, or we we get to say that. Let's say Andy Reid off a bye. He's off a bye. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you do you give him two weeks to prep. With the Shanahan's up by two, though. Yeah, I mean they're both they're both smart. That, it, it pains me to like. Yeah, I guess let's talk about coaching. Many, let's pivot many, right in. Let's pivot right into coaches. Coaching. How many? Let's just say AFC. How many teams could you put in the Super Bowl and say Shanahan's the worser coach? Probably just the three, the three big ones. Yeah, that's it. And even that, I'm not saying it with conviction. No, he's he's a very good coach, but I just I want to give Andy Reid the benefit of the doubt with the. The experience. Yeah, I think I don't think that's. I don't think that's. Yeah, I don't think that's lost. And and you know, like there will be people who will craft a narrative around the pressure will be on Reed because he's closer to the end than the beginning here, like for sure. Um, He may not get another chance. You know, people will put you know try to put the monkey on his back to a degree uh, in the media. I don't buy that really at all. I think he's very pragmatic, very practical, and uh, I think he with given you know given time to prepare. I do think that the Chiefs' offensive out. I, I guess, just like you said, the most surprising outcome of all would be a Chiefs fail to get to say twenty points. Yeah, yeah. There's just not a lot of permutations that I see that happening, even with a be, really, really yeah. good defense they're playing. I'd be less surprised with fifty-four, fifty-one than I would be twenty-three, twenty. Yeah. God, I kind of, I kind of want that game, just because all the. Oh my God! The the under prop betters would be just a mess. <laughs> we don't want to. We don't want to make them miserable. Um, okay, That'd still be funny. So let's talk more a little bit more about coaching specifically. Um, do I guess there's a there's a more complete staff in Kansas City. I like Bienemy a lot. I like Spags a lot. Uh, you know, they have a broad team of assistants even down the chain that they've they're getting contributions from at you know, positional groups. Um, I think it's fair to say the Chiefs have better coaching, except as it relates to uh clock management. Yeah, end of end of half, end of game, two minute warning or you know, two minute drives, the two minute drill. Like that sort of stuff is a little rough for Andy sometimes. Do we have to effectively factor in poor usage of timeouts, challenging poorly, and flubbing end of half, end of game clock management into this before wagering on the Chiefs? <sighs> do you think it's a huge – I mean, do you think those are like oh, – in a, in, a, in a distribution? Like yeah. yeah. Game is played a thousand times. Yeah. You think there's enough times that Andy Reid flubs bad enough on that that it costs him a game or a cover? Like I think it costs him. Th- I think. Bad, I think. In, I feel it's yeah. availability bias. Like it's just it's something that gets magnified because it it does happen often, but oftentimes it doesn't really affect the actual outcome of the game. I, here's I my here's my gut answer. Like, here's my gut answer. It costs yeah. the Chiefs on average one point a game. And I say that because he will take his offense out of a scoring opportunity um, once a game. 
and he'll take a field goal off the board or turn a touchdown into a field goal. So he's taking three or four points off of the board, one out of every three or four games. So I think on average, it costs the Chiefs about a point a game. The the just the general um, poor decision making as it relates to clock management. I think not only do I think that's high, but I think every coach in the league, if you asked, if you looked at that, the amount of points they take off the board would be a positive number. Mm. So if you okay. want to go like relative, I'd say Andy Reid's probably on the high end of the spectrum. But I think every coach, you can make that case about every coach to a lesser extent. Like, oh man, you know he. He he didn't he should have gone for that fourth down. They settled for a field goal, you know, probably six times out of ten they score a touchdown sure. on that drive or you know just kick a shorter field goal. But uh, yeah, I mean to your point, you're right. He is if you had to put them all on a spectrum, he does do that more often. And the, a lot of this anecdotally, we should actually look at that because there's a good website I can't remember the name of now that has some of that for coaching decisions and how it affects games. It doesn't do it by points; it's more by a how it affects the win percentage in game. But sure. It'd be an interesting way to look at it is by points. Sure. If you told me before the game started that you're from the future and one of these two coaches manages to have the ball last in the first half and the ball first in the second half, and you let me pick which one and it gave me even odds, I would say Shanahan, hands down. Yeah. A lot of it would depend on the coin toss. A lot of it would <laughs> depend on the coin toss, obviously, but you're saying it's happened. And I'm saying then, then I I would believe in Shanahan's ability to have the last drive in the first half. I think is is probably pretty likely. Yeah, I was gonna, I was about to argue that that's not like a skill, but I think screwing it up is like Andy would leave too much time, and he could score, and he should be scoring with like 20 seconds left, and instead he leaves a minute 10. Or vice versa, he he should be punting with like thirty seconds instead. He leads him a bunch of time, or, or or he should be kneeling out the half and he ends up screwing it up and having to give the ball back. Like those are those are. I mean, it can be costly. There's a lot of times those are if they lead to points, that's disaster. When you can certainly avoid it, but absolutely, I don't know. We second guessed him last week. Everybody on Twitter, and I believe even the announcers. I, I want to say somebody <sighs> said something when, when he didn't take the timeouts before the two minute warning. And then it turned out like, oh, like they would have left a lot more time on the clock for that <laughs> yeah, if they would have well. done that. Like, like you got know your team, and that team is scoring in a hurry. That's Just true. Eating chunks of field. Yeah. Oh my God, my basketball team's down by a hundred already. <laughs> Oh, yikes. Um, Panthers and Panthers or Rattlers? Bulldogs. Bulldogs, okay. Um, Alabama State's the Panthers and Florida AM's the Rattlers. Anyway, yeah, I'm rusty. Um, probably not gonna have to do it. They're all Bulldogs. I'm I'm not gonna have to know that for the tournament time, probably, right? <laughs> oh, somebody from the SWAC will make it, but probably not them though. <laughs> it ain't gonna be AM. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, well, I think that was pretty fair coverage of coaching. Uh a lot of confidence in both of these coaches to come up with outstanding offensive game plans. Um and yeah, I mean Surprise, surprise. I think this game goes over. I think this is the highest scoring game. I don't think this is, uh, you know, I don't think that this 
has any of the hallmarks of a game that's potentially decided by field position or field goals. Um, and, you know, game state plays a lot into that, of course. Um, but uh, like I said, this there are elements of this matchup that remind me a lot of Chiefs Rams from last year. There are elements of this matchup that remind me a lot of Niners Saints from this year. Like there, there's just a, there's enough indicators um, in terms of matchup advantages for each offense that I think it's worth uh, getting involved on and over. Um, they didn't go crazy. Uh, we'll probably sprinkle in some alts, um, but uh, yeah, I think you know, I think this, uh, I think this is a pretty high scoring contest. And 54 is a freaking high total. Like I don't love playing over 54s at all. Uh, this is just one of those kind of perfect storms in terms of just offensive output galore Two very healthy teams um, and uh, two perfect matchups here. Um, intangibles uh, and ways that this fails to come home to the over. Um, Bad I was luck. looking, yeah. I turnover luck for sure. Like if they're like, and granted, like this could get nuclear high scoring if, either of these teams turns the ball over in their own territory. <laughs> like great way to freaking just inject, you know, a free 14 points in here is if Jimmy G and, and or Pat Mahomes, you know, gives you a short field you know, with your dynamic offense. Right. Other that, way. That around, is the funny damn thing about turnovers. The turnovers yeah. are either death to an over or under or the exact opposite. Like you can throw an interception in the end zone, or you can throw an interception that ends up in your end zone. Like sure. Just, Miners get just, the ball first, yeah. drive, drive for six, seven minutes. Jimmy G fumble throws a pick on, yeah, fumble through the end zone, or Jimmy G throws a pick on third and goal from the one, right? Like that, yeah, that for sure is an over killer. Like if we get to six minutes in the game and it's zero zero, I'm basically like, well, fuck. Um, and you know, I think, but yeah, whereas, but I think the whereas, likelihood uh, you know, turnovers, turnovers can. I mean, best case scenario for this over is the Houston game. Stupid yeah. turnovers that create the underdog points for the underdog for and, sure, and give you know give Mahomes the urgency yeah. and that offense yeah. to do what they did. Like that's how that game got to eighty points. Like, a game state a where either of the teams scores three times. Yeah, yeah. E- either of these two teams score three times in a row. This is flying over. That's a prop, I'm sure. True about that. Yeah, they're probably correlated too. Um, yeah, no, I seriously think if the game state works out that either of these teams is up by three scores, then that unlocks the true potential of the passing offense of the opposition. And I think we've seen it now three of the four playoff games between these two teams. <laughs> like, for sure, the deficit that the Chiefs sustained twice forced them to be aggressive and unlocked points in that game. And for sure, I feel like the um, the Niners having a huge lead against the Packers and forcing them to go to the pass uh, got that one, got that total over. Yeah. Um, which, I guess, other intangibles besides turnovers. I mean, I guess if you look at the end of the day and you have your stat sheet in front of you, are you expecting this to be pretty evenly matched from a turnover standpoint? You think equal opportunity creators in terms of turnovers for these two defenses and, you know, relatively safe in general, safe offensive play? Or do you, do you think that the likelihood that the chiefs have a turnover edge is real? I think they do. I'm going to have to look. I don't even know if I want to look 
because is it really predictive to go look at what a team did for turnovers over a and now it's an 18 game sample but even that is that super know. predictive I think the predictive things here are Jimmy G has thrown quite a few interceptable or turnover worthy plays and I mean Mahomes has been pretty clean with it there's been a few fumbles like I guess the the most what's your most likely turnover for the Niners is a Jimmy G errant pass yeah most likely turnover for the Chiefs, I believe, would probably be a strip sack. Yes, I agree. So it goes back to that. If the pass rush gets home, that's that's kind of your best chance of getting some turnovers. You had some weird hand stuff going on with the Chiefs receivers too, so receiver fumbling wouldn't be shocking either, I don't think. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, okay. But, yeah, impossible to predict, but I don't think that there is an, you know, an obvious angle either way, which is important to kind of cross off then, right? No, and again, like this is—it's so hard to like say this team has the turnover advantage in a Super Bowl. You know, it's not—we're not dealing. If let's say we've got Jameis Winston versus one of these teams, we're like, you know what? I think I think the Buccaneers turn it over more. Like it's not a regular season game where we have that advantage. Like, these are two good teams. Yeah, I mean, do do you know what the turnovers are? Uh, you're gonna make me guess blindly. I think the oh, Niners. Either, I'm not. No. 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 Okay. No. Okay, okay. No, I haven't looked at it at all. Like you said, I kind of. I haven't it either. was pretty neutral, so I don't really know. I'm gonna guess the season. The turnover plus minus for the Niners on the season is plus twelve, and I'm gonna guess the Chiefs are plus nine. The Niners are plus four, and the Chiefs are plus eight. Wow. So the Niners did turn the ball over more than I realized because they got, they forced a lot more turnovers this year than they did last year. Yeah. The Niners had more, uh, they had 10 more interceptions than they did last year. That's quite a lot. Good for them. <laughs> they but were yes. historically impossibly low last year, though. So it had to go up. But they were um, minus, they, yeah, they were minus turnover in, in, in uh, interceptions. They only picked off 12 and Jimmy G threw 13. Or whoever, I'm not sure if they're all. When his. was uh, when was Mahomes' last pick? Oh gosh, when uh, it's been a long fucking time. Before Patriots yeah. game, was it the Patriots game? Really? Mahomes games logs. I guess we're just gonna do a bunch of looking stuff up here. But I didn't he have one in the playoffs? Not at all, did he? He only threw five picks, and you know, to be fair, he did sit out a few games, but he has not thrown an interception in the playoffs yet. He did throw one against the Chargers week 17. Oh, see, I forgot that. Didn't watch that game. No. Um, then he threw one against the Pats, I remember. Oh, Probably one against Denver. He did not have a two-interception game all year. Yeah. Yeah. One against okay. New England, one against Denver, one against the Chargers each time, and one against Houston. In didn't throw any season. until Houston, huh? Um, wow. Yeah, he was clean, clean through five weeks. Um, okay. The, um, How about the Detroit passes, game? really. <laughs> the Detroit game where he, they scored 34 points and he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Yeah, that was crazy too. And, and uh, how about the Denver, the second Denver game where he had like 400 yards passing and they only scored 23 points. See, like if I'm, if I'm placing an over bet, like, and I granted, I completely recognize unproven teams in the playoffs, going to be some nerves, going to be some fluky shit, going to be some drops, going to be some mistakes. 
Like I get it. Like this is a razor thin margin because it's already so freaking high. This is not an opening soft 51 52. This is 54. We're talking about now. Um, yeah, I get it. Like this is a tight play and I don't think there's an enormous edge to the over. Um, and I kind of have been trying to think of game states and games where just, it just could, you looked at the box score and you're like, how could this possibly have stayed under? And there's some good examples of them that are kind of relevant. You know, Denver, Kansas city, the second time around was a good example of it. Like the way that, you know, the amount of red zone trips that ended in in turnovers or field goal attempts instead of touchdowns and, you know, just fluky stuff that kept that, that total down was, was wild. Um, And I actually, I went back because I was trying to think of like, have we had a Super Bowl in relatively recent time frame where you had kind of the same sort of inexperience on both sides, um, you know, inexperienced coaches and players. And I found one and you have to go pretty far back. And I looked at like, okay, yeah, my expectation coming to the Super Bowl would have been offensive showdown. And sure enough, there were yards galore. And you had one of the most dynamic offenses of our lifetimes on one side, and the game ended 23-16. And that was the first Rams Super Bowl. Kurt Warner and company, that greatest show on turf, indoors. Uh, I looked at the, I went back and looked at the, the um, how that game played out. It was crazy. The just gashing each other yardage wise missed field goals third and goals incompletes like just bad I mean, luck stuff that's that kept the sort that of stu- yeah that's the sort of stuff you uh, as a better if you sure. take it over and all that stuff happens to you you just have to grin and bear it and say you know just just wasn't gonna happen today i probably made yeah. the right call these offenses were moving i got bad red zone luck you know regression in a few spots missed some field goals turnovers just never got the never got the you know the breaks you needed to get it. Yeah, yeah. Then whenever, that, yeah, yeah, it's it's exists. like when everything breaks against you. It's like we talked about in uh, the halftime scope of the Chiefs, where we took more Chiefs at the half. Like, don't you? You said it. You said, doesn't it feel like you know if nothing, if not everything is breaking Tennessee's way all the time, they're just not that good of a team. And yeah. Sure enough, like shit stopped breaking their way. They stopped getting, you know, every single fourth down conversion not going against them. <laughs> stop, you know, stop turning the ball over constantly and they get their ass whooped. Yeah. And then just I mean, just just from a just from a player calling perspective, too, it is a little weird, and I'm a little scared off by this. I pulled this up too. When teams are down just by any margin, Kansas City throws the ball a lot, almost as much as anybody, and they're highly successful. 50% of those are successful plays. They throw the ball 70% of the time when they're losing, which is second most in the league. San Francisco is third lowest in the league for that. They still will run the ball 56% of the time when when they're losing. Like that, that would be the worry for me, maybe with an over. If San Francisco says we can still do this, like we can still just run the ball, we're not getting away from what got us here. And they are, you know, longer drives. And if they're unsuccessful drives too, I think that's what breaks this game. If Shanahan doesn't 
get you know pass heavy doesn't get into the hurry up you know that what i'm looking at here has no, no bearing on how fast they're running these plays sure you can still run a fast offense and run the ball but they are the yeah third most run heavy team if they're trailing yeah um yeah wow that's I, you know I don't know. The more I think about it, the only, you know, the game state that spooks me is just weird red zone inefficiency. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I, 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 I made it, I jokingly made a statement like, you know, talking to some of our friends and they were in all, all kind of feeling the Niners. And I was like, really? All you guys are feeling the Niners. I was like, Mahomes is going to throw 500 yards and five touchdowns. Like I was, I said it tongue in cheek, but I was like, that's, he, he can do that. Yeah, and that might actually happen. That might actually happen, and but and then I and then I went to look, and I was like, five hundred yards. I know has happened. Brady did it against the Eagles in a loss, um, and I was like, there's really not a lot of other just really spectacularly high passing output Super Bowls, are there? And I went back and looked. I was like, oh, Kurt Warner went for like four hundred with the greatest show on turf. And then I was like, what was the score of that game? And it just stopped me in my tracks, like. 23-16, like how the hell? Like three, he threw for 414 yards. The Titans ran for over 100 yards, but it was just a weird, you know, they, they started off with a missed field goal from the Titans and three field goals inside the 30-yard line for the for the Rams. And it was 9 nothing at halftime. And so I was like, yep, any total was completely screwed there. No chance it was getting home. Um, so, yeah, that that all that all is is relatively, um, relatively real. But then there's the opposite end of the spectrum, which is, the likelihood that this is score for score down the stretch. Do you buy into that at all? I mean, we the market is telling us this. We believe this is a very close game. We think that the Chiefs are rightfully favored. We think in most uh, scenarios here, most realizations, the Chiefs win this game. But it should still be relatively close. There still, still should be trading scores late. Team with the ball last will have a chance. Do you agree with all that? Yeah. I think my game state, how I picture it in my head, the Chiefs are winning by more than a score at the end. The Niners score and don't get an onside. That's how the game ends. That's we are on the same. We have the same pace. Like, yeah, they, they lose. <laughs> yeah, they, the the Niners valiantly get to like twenty nine or thirty, but they still lose by four or five. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. They're down by ten or eleven. They time is running out. They kick a field uh, goal. And the, and the, overs, the, the over's already there. The over's already home. Yeah. Yeah. What about potential for, I mean, you know, and they're just that this is a closely lined game. The potential for overtime helps the over in my book. Um, the potential for, you know, like I said, the potential for these teams, you know, we've seen this a bunch in Chiefs games when they've been closely contested. Trading field goals at the end of games has been kind of par for the course. They have a kicker who can kick a long ass field goal. The Niners have a kicker who can kick a long ass field goal. Like I don't think I don't think many points are being left on the field at, at you know when we get down to it. And um, yeah, and so all told, Chiefs minus two and a half is a look for me. Over fifty four is a look for me. Uh, I like the Chiefs team total over, and uh, I like some alternate overs for fun. I'm thinking about some alternate Chiefs lines too. Because I do think they can win by seven. I think they can win by two scores. Um, I think that it's a little bit of overprotection to come back with some chief alt numbers. What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, 
I mean, I'm not crazy about it because, like, I just played out. I see the back door. But I, I'd go as far as, like, three and a half and then maybe a little on seven. I'm, I'm not going much further than that because I still do think it's going to be close-ish at the end, and you do see some backdoor action that might uh, might make you wish you didn't place those alts and just took your regular position. But I think we're in agreement. We're real chalky. Sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, you know, you say, like, oh, one time, you know, this is what the public's on, or that's a public dog, or this is – like, I don't ever let that affect me. I'll, I'll let it affect how I look at why a market's moving. Oh, yeah. I'll we made the affect- case for the Pats last year. <laughs> we, yeah. we were – was anyone – I don't know anyone else out there that was saying the Pats was the sharp side. But I think we broke it all down, and we were like, there is line value on the Rams, but fuck it. The Pats have the experience, and the Rams, are, you know, are completely – you know, completely new to this. They're going to be – you know, they're going to have issues adjusting to the moment, and I think that was the distinguishing factor. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, and like, yeah, like you said, we just – I, I take it into account when I'm looking at the market, but I'll never say, oh, like the public's on this side or, oh, the, I really want to, I want to side with the books. I want to side with Vegas. Well, <laughs> I'm not booking at plus 110. Yeah, so, right. You know, well, I can't just, <laughs> you can't just side with, like you say, oh, you see that people, oh, I want to side with the books because the books win. Yeah, the books win because they're booking at plus 110. You're yeah, still paying juice, buddy. It ain't going to work out in the long term for you. They yeah, can and guess what? We know a ton. Guess what? We know a ton about these games. We know a ton about these teams. There's no injury X factors. There's no surprises that are really going to, you know, influence this thing one way or another that's going to catch the, you know, the market in general by surprise. This is a tight line game. Like that should always be kind of the jumping off point, in my opinion, for, uh, you know, yeah. for this Super Bowl. And it was like last weekend, we just, um, you know, I said, sorry, it's boring, but I'm going to take both minus sevens. Like that's, those numbers are low for us. You made one of them like 11 in your power rankings. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Just like we, we can't, you can't argue with your numbers. You can't argue with your handicap. It was the game that ended on 11, by the way. It was a game that landed <laughs> on 11. That's pretty funny. I had forgotten about that part, but yes, um, but, you know, both sevens got there. We're happy to win when we bet with the chalk. It's fine. And that's where I sit in the Super Bowl. But like we said, I'm not going very big on this. This will be small action compared to the props that I'm going to bet when we talk with special guests on Wednesday. Yes. Cannot Palooza. wait. This is a better version of Propapalooza. A Propapalooza. <laughs> yeah. This is a prop. One where we don't lose our asses. I know. I've always had pretty decent luck at. Hopefully, uh, you didn't Super jinx Bowl us by props. naming it Propapalooza. I know it. We should not call it that because if anybody has listened for several years, we did Propapalooza two years in a row before the season where we picked like, uh, you know, most touchdowns, most yardage, coach of the year. Yeah, we, 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 went we, like we threw about, we threw about 40. 40. Yeah. We threw forty props out there, and you won one. And it was a it was an even money play on uh, sack rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like sack one rookie of the year at like plus one twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah every yeah. everything else lost. Nothing I'm pretty sure at one year I stumped for first coach fired, who ended up getting coach of the year. <laughs> one year we stumped for coach of the year. I picked yeah, pick Pete Carroll. I picked Pete Carroll to get fired every year. Never works. Oh yeah. 
So yeah, some of that's no, that's no, just wishful thinking. So yeah, and this yeah, is cool this, though. This is a good one. Okay. I was a little worried. I was I, I DM'd you earlier and I said I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to yeah, say no. about this game because well, we're I feel like we've been talking about this, yeah, we are. We yeah, we're about suffering these teams from for weeks. Right. Not only not, not just these teams, but football in general. Like we've had successful seasons by every metric you can ask for. Like I kind of right. just want to kick my feet up and enjoy what should be a really great Super Bowl. Uh, if the Chiefs win, if this is a million points scored, like that's gravy. I'm going to be fired up, but this isn't going to impact my bottom line really either way on the season. And uh, I mean, beyond anything else, like Andy Reid getting a title, like boy, would that feel good. That would yeah. just that would in a, in a, in a in an otherwise getting, pretty dark week. That would be it? a great way to lift up kind of the sports public. Just getting doused in green or lime <laughs> or yellow Gatorade <laughs> or clear or clear oh, doesn't matter. Yeah, just water, yeah, yeah. Oh god, be great. Just Anything but blue. Beautiful for Andy. Yes. So, and if you if you have any if you have if we missed anything if you have any questions, obviously always. Thanks for listening. First off, but hit us up on Twitter. We have all week to talk Super Bowl. Yeah, let's go through. An, yeah, if we missed an angle that you got, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, if you are that, strong, if you feel very strongly about the Niners, I would really like to hear your case. Honestly, like I, if you are really strong in the under. I really need to know why. Like, please do reach out and give us your handicap. Uh, be on the lookout for the prop sheet for your We're party. On Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Uh, what did us. I say? No, you. Oh, we are on. Twitter. I said we're on Twitter. You can find us. Yeah, yeah. I'm not taking a week off of Twitter. I'll be on Twitter this week. So, by all means, I'll be extremely online. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get one for Big Red, and let's uh, let's focus on the props with our buddy on Wednesday. Sound like plan? Perfect. All right, good job.